Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. The trauma. Most people think it has to be something really big, like being in a war or a severe accident. And yes, those are traumas. But luckily, most of us never experience these types of events. That does not mean we haven't suffered trauma. Divorce, losing a beloved pet, moving at a critical age. These are also traumas. And all trauma is impactful. It changes your brain, which means it changes everything about you. And it impacts your relationships. The good news No matter what type of trauma you or your spouse have experienced, you can overcome it. To talk about how you can do this, I am joined by life coach, author, and podcaster, Philippa Robinson. So, Philippa, thank you so much for being on the show and talking about what has become um, almost a very common topic these days, which I think is a really good thing. Yeah. Hi, Leslie. Um, it's, um, it's a pleasure to be here. And, and yes, you're, you're right. Um, sometimes I wonder whether I hear the word trauma more these days because I'm more in this space or whether it is much more um, uh, accessible maybe to talk about trauma. And I, I think it's probably the latter and I certainly hope it's the latter. Yeah, I, I, I do think it is. I think, you know, I, I, I think about, you know, many, many years ago when people would talk about cancer as the C word, you know, nobody would actually say the word. (laughs) I think trauma has kind of become like that where we wouldn't talk about it. And now for lots of reasons, it's becoming um, much more acceptable to talk about. And, you know, as hard as it is, we can't, we can't alter things if we don't talk about it. So I actually think that it's not necessarily a bad thing. Oh, I totally agree with you. I think uh, certainly for me, um, you know, the reason I'm here talking to you now is because I had to, you know, I had to take a good long, a hard look at the, at my life experience um, and, and, and realize that what I had experienced was trauma. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that helped me to understand that what I had experienced was trauma for me made it um, it made it more accessible for me to heal from, I think. Um, I mean, and that's the way I, I'm wired. I like the logic of it, right. I suppose. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and, you know, and there's so much, you know, and it's one of the things because, um, you know, doing what I do, doing what you do, we, we, we run across people and, you know, they, they don't necessarily understand, you know, they think trauma is like this big thing, like somebody dropping a bomb on you or, you know, it's like, yeah. no, 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 no. So can you describe a little bit about what trauma actually is? Yeah. So, um, and you're absolutely right. I mean, though, you know, having a bomb dropped on you, I mean, being in a really serious accident, um, you know, being abused, those are absolutely traumas, big you know what I hear some people calling big T traumas mm-hmm. um but also now it is understood that having what might be referred to as little T trauma um has every much the same effect on us and it, it's really important that we look um at those things uh-huh. now, now trauma but but in essence trauma is is not actually what happens to us trauma is is how we 
how we um, deal with it, how we Uh experience it and whether we work through it and sort of work through the feelings that come with it and it leaves our body or whether it stays in our body Mm -hmm. um and by that I mean the feelings around it if we don't process the feelings around it then they stay in our body and our reaction to that um becomes the trauma that we we carry with us Mm -hmm. so yeah so would you be willing to share a little bit about the trauma you experienced as a child so people could get an idea of what we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much an open book. So, yeah, <laughs> um, um, I so I always used to say, oh, yeah, I had a pretty um, rubbish childhood, but, you know, I'm here. I'm doing OK. Mm-hmm. You know, I I did all the things that um, one, you know, in, 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 in quotes should do. Mm. I had a good legal career. I was a lawyer for 27 years. I had a husband. I had children. Um, I had a house in a nice part of Bristol. We even had the dog, you know, all, <laughs> all the sh- oh, tick, 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 tick. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually inside me there was this volcano waiting to erupt and I was incredibly angry I Uh was angry nearly well not all the time but I would have these bouts of extreme anger that would I would just explode Uh and the reaction coming from me was much bigger than whatever had happened warranted and I I knew something was up Uh um and and so something happened that you know, made me go to um, therapy. And, you know, I know we haven't got time to really go into that and that's (laughs) fine. But in therapy, I began to understand that what I'd experienced as a child was trauma. And that's what she said to me at the end of the first episode. So I grew up, um, my parents uh, split up when I was about six. Uh Timeline's a bit sketchy, about six. Uh And my dad... um, kind of disappeared because he was led to believe it would be better for us uh, if he if he went away so he was led to believe that he was a dreadful father and should leave my grand my mum's dad sort of told him to go away and he would make sure we were looked after Hmm. so my beloved dad um left and um I was left with my alcoholic mother who didn't really it didn't really like me I don't think um I mean I'm the only girl she's I'm I'm the oldest I've got Mm -hmm. three brothers my brothers were very much more favored than Mm -hmm. than I was as I got older she saw me as competition and um I she remarried reasonably quickly and then went on to have more children and I always felt unsafe uh-huh. I always felt that as a child from the previous relationship I was not wanted I was a reminder of that failed relationship and you know that I was kind of in the way yeah and you know I as a result of that I developed real people pleasing tendencies the good girl the uh-huh. I would I would do everything around the house I would I would do the cleaning I'd look after my youngest brothers I'd cook tea I'd do everything else first when I got home from school before I got to do my homework and you know I was preempting everything all the time and right I was on high alert uh-huh. high alert for it kicking off because when I came home from school I never knew what I was walking into how drunk she would be um and what I'd have to do right yeah I mean and and so you're describing some things that are like classic 
you know, responses to what kids do, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, and especially when you're in that unsafe environment, um, you know, and, and our primal, our prime directive, any, any human being on the planet, the prime directive is to survive. And yeah. so when we're experiencing these very confusing situations when we're little kids, because of course, you know, we don't understand what's going on. Um, you, you develop these tendencies that keep you safe, that keep you functioning. I mean, you know, obviously you described it. You were, you were very high functioning <laughs> on the outside. And, you know, this is, this is what people see. Um, and, you know, so how did these, these experiences, this trauma impact your behavior as an adult? I mean, you know, you talked about having these, you know, this being angry all the time. Um, yeah. And it coming out in, you know, probably not the best ways, but how else, how else has it impacted? Did it impact your life as an adult? Well, I think um, certainly it, it, it made me accept situations. I think that I found myself in over the years, be it at work, be it in friendships, be it in romantic relationships. I have, you know, when you grow up like I do, you have quite a high tolerance for situations that really are not okay. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, you are, you are, you know, I'm, I'm prime um, target, I suppose for, uh-huh narcissists shall we say you know because uh, 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 well, yeah, being a people pleaser yeah mm-hmm. I, I, absolutely you know and I you know when I first started work as a lawyer I was working in a big London law firm you know there you you know you look you know you're lucky to be there to working in such a you know a prestigious firm but boy do you have to do what you're kind of what's expected of you and you know you work long hours you take the stress you just you know, I had have quite a high threshold for getting stuff done, taking the stress and, mm-hmm. and just putting my head down and getting on with it. But the thing is, you can only do that for so long. You know, yeah. burnout, burnout has has hit me so many times mm-hmm. over the years. Um, and instead of actually taking stock and thinking, OK, why does this keep happening? Um my desire to please and my fundamental understanding belief that I am not good enough Mm -hmm. and that I am somehow broken Mm. um, just kept me I'd have a few days I'll feel better get back at it and just Mm -hmm. keep on going and keep on going (laughs) Um, and you know your body can only take it for so long although you know I managed to take it until well into my 40s I had my children quite late um, Mm -hmm. because I didn't meet my husband until I was 33 and that's another thing that happens you you know your romantic relationships and your friendships are are hard Mm -hmm. because you know you don't trust people I didn't trust people I didn't know how to have a real relationship with people where it's give and take it's 50 50 you know Mm -hmm. when you're a people pleaser you give 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 in the hope that you will get some crumb Mm -hmm. um you know which is not a good dynamic from either either you know party's point of view right um yeah well and and the challenging thing you know about being a people pleaser is that everybody everybody else you know people take us at face value and, you know, so if we say something is okay, 
They're not going to go, are you sure? Are you sure it's yeah. okay? You know, it's like, they could go, okay, she says it's fine. And, you know, and so you talk about this and, um, you know, this people pleasing and taking, taking on so much. And then, you know, you talked about the anger, which of course that's part and parcel of it is that you're, you're doing all of this stuff. You're thinking it's the right thing to do. It's what got you through your childhood. So by the way, we have to say thank you for that because it did get you through your childhood. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but now it's creating these problems, but because you've been doing it for however many, you know, decades, right? This is, this is what we know. And this is what people need to understand about, you know, what we do to get through the trauma. We actually need to be very grateful to, but then we also need to say, okay, but now I need to do something different, which is the scary part. Um, you know, and it frequently does happen when we are a little bit older 40s 50s when our bodies have just said i won't do this anymore but we're never quite sure it's like well where did this come from it's like your you know your your anger um you know that may seem to you know, to come out of nowhere i mean i tell i mean i tell a story many you know about when i was a little kid um, one of my, I swear, one of my sisters never forgave me for being born. And I remember, I don't remember how old I was. Maybe I was 12 or something. And I went ballistic when she took one of those wire coat hangers out of my closet. <laughs> you know? and it was like, you know, and it wasn't about the coat hanger. It was about her complete and utter disrespect for me as a human being. <laughs> you know, So my mother's like, my child has gone absolutely insane. She's screaming about a coat hanger. Well, it wasn't yeah. about the coat hanger. No, you know. <laughs> and nor was it, and it probably wasn't really about your sister either. It was, no, it, it was about wasn't. a whole host of things. So yeah. Yeah. Ab- yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. It was about a whole host of things. My own, you know, my own issues with trauma, um, you know, which again, you know, I, I didn't have, I didn't grow up with an alcoholic mother and I, you know, my parents, my parents did have problems starting about the time I was six, but, but, you know, that was normal. Um, (laughs) And that's the other thing. That's the other thing you, you hit on a really good point there that it is our normal. Yeah. And we, until you get a bit older and you, you have more experience of life and and maybe you talk to other people or maybe like me, you only realize when you go to therapy Mm -hmm. that it's not normal and it's not okay. And this is not about throwing your parents under the bus either and blaming them for everything. It's just understanding that these patterns you've brought with you to your adulthood that, yes, got you through your childhood when you needed them. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily need them now. It's perhaps time to look at them and put them down, Um, you you know, but they are still um, fueling your behavior. They are still driving your your behavior, which is really not healthy at that stage. Well, absolutely. So this is Happily Ever After. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking about trauma and relationships with life coach and author Philippa Robinson. And if you or your partner have experienced trauma and haven't resolved it, guess what? You are not alone. Many of us don't realize that life is actually trauma. So it often gets dismissed because it wasn't that bad but it can be the source of your current difficulties. And if you think this might be happening in your marriage, I can help. 
I invite you to take the next step and schedule a free, no obligation discovery session. You can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. That's 919-924-0463. Or you can reach me by email, Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in charlie.com. And I want to get back to what we were talking about because we're now at the point of, okay, Trauma has been identified. <laughs> so, Philippa, how can someone actually heal from this trauma? Because I love the fact that you said it's not about throwing anybody else under the bus. These are patterns that get repeated. So what is, I mean, you talked about going to therapy, but so what actually did you learn? Yeah, I I learned the I first of all I learned that it wasn't okay which was really important for uh-huh. me because I felt that I was pretty much broken somehow I couldn't uh-huh. do life like everybody else could. But actually I'd had a very different experience. You know, not to everybody because right. lots of us have experienced trauma in our lives, but we don't talk uh-huh. about it. No. <laughs> you know. So um I, I do believe it's never too late. You know, I was I was 47 when I when what happened to me happened to me and made me look at it. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, you're never too old and you're never too late. It, you can do this work on your own. There's plenty of podcasts to listen to, books to read, um, uh, you know, articles to, to read. If you really, really want to start looking at this, then you can, you, you, there is so much information out there uh-huh. and you can start looking at it. I I do believe it's actually more important to have some support. Absolutely. Now, uh-huh. And that, and that support will not come from within your family <laughs> because yeah. the people who were involved in the situation with you are not going to be able to see it independently and are going to find it very hard to, 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 to see it from your point of view. So, you know, maybe you have a, a really good friend who can listen Mm-hmm. Listen to understand you rather than listen to respond. Mm-hmm. Not somebody who's going to try and fix it, but somebody who will listen. I, I'm a great believer in going, find, you know, in finding a coach or a, or a therapist or some other healer or, or 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 somebody who you trust and you feel safe with, who you can um, you can talk about these things with. Talk therapy doesn't work for everybody. Some mm-hmm. people want more of a somatic approach. So you are doing breath work, you're you're doing um EMDR, EFT, you know, there's there's lots of other um things out there. But the 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 thing is most of most of uh, us who've experienced trauma in our younger years have those feelings suppressed inside us mm-hmm. and we need to get them out. It doesn't mean we need to relive them. <laughs> Right. There are ways to release them without reliving them, without having to talk through them, because I think a lot of people are quite frightened about that. Oh, sure. But there are ways to release them. But you need to get that energy moving around your body and release those emotions in order to 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 heal. But it absolutely is possible. My life is so different now than it was five years ago. And, you know, and, 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 and I love that you talk about that there's more than one way to do this. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, and, and one of the things that it's really important, because you were 
you were talking about the big T trauma and little T trauma, which is the way people used to talk about trauma. And now we're getting, we're moving away from that because as you said, our bodies respond the same way. It doesn't matter the, you know, and, and, and people compare traumas. It's like, well, you know, it, it, you know, my life wasn't that bad. (laughs) I mean, and it's like, okay, we can acknowledge that. Yes it could have been worse. That doesn't mean that what happened was okay. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that my, my leg is, you know, that only one of the bones in my lower leg is broken does not mean that it's not traumatic because I don't have a compound fracture with both of my bones sticking out of my skin. (laughs) Absolutely. And there is a real tendency to minimize our experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And and also, you know, you can have two people, for instance, in a car crash and have almost similar experiences and one will get over it. Mm -hmm. it. One one will experience less trauma than the other one, just for all manner of reasons for what they saw, what they felt, how sensitive they are generally, mm-hmm. you know, all manner of things. But it, it, it's really important, I think, that we don't minimize our experiences because by minimizing them, we are keeping them suppressed mm-hmm. and we're not going to move on from them. Well, and, and that's so incredibly important because, and, and especially when you talk about going back into the families and especially you know, because it's like, one, even we're not we're not born into the same families. <laughs> um, it's like I have two older sisters. They knew life without me. I never mm. knew life without them. We we you know we weren't born into the exact same families, and and we experienced what happened in that family differently based on our personalities, based on all kinds of things, like you said, our sensitivities, all kinds of things. So we get trapped in, in this idea that, you know, because I didn't, you know, because I wasn't physically abused or whatever, I don't, you know, what I'm feeling is not real. And I think this is what keeps people from, you know, either, you know, seeking help or understanding that it's, you know, that one trauma is common and two, it's much more complicated than people think. Absolutely. And there is no, you you know, you don't have to live silently with the effects of it if you if you can do some work to to heal from it. So. So you've gone through this work and how how has this healing helped your relationships, specifically your marriage, because that's what this show's kind of about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So. When um, so I lost a lot of sight in my eye in 2017, and um, which is what started my unraveling happening um, mm-hmm. and led me to do the, all the work. But there was a moment when nobody knew what the treatment was going to be. Oh, and, and by the way, I did get most of the sight back, although oh, they good. did tell they did yeah. tell me it was permanent at the time. But there was a moment where I. Uh, and this was after getting really angry more and more and more often. And mm-hmm. there was a moment I said to my husband. 
I am going to have to go and get some help because if I don't get any help, I'm going to have to leave this family because I am so angry. I am going to end up damaging our children. And that Mm. is not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Coming from the family and the background that I'd come from, the last thing I wanted to do was damage my children with my stuff. I had no idea what that stuff was Mm -hmm. at the time, really. I'd read a book on codependency like a few weeks before, which had given me an insight into actually I've got some work to do here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I went off to therapy and I was in therapy for three years. Um, I am changed as a result of that and the work I've done since. Um, And, you know, this is not what my husband signed up for when we got (laughs) married. Um, And, you know, we had two choices in a way. We either did it together he came along with me on my journey Uh or, or we, we parted. Um, but we would have parted anyway if I hadn't done the work because I was in, I felt I was in no fit state to carry on being a mother because of my extreme anger. Uh And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to say that we have (laughs) stayed together. We've been married for 17 years now. And, um, it's it's not been easy. There have been times that it has been tough. I mean, he doesn't always know what's going on for me. But mm-hmm. actually, what has happened as a result, without me really pushing it at all, interestingly, I was pushing it at the beginning, but mm-hmm. he is now having therapy um, because he realises he's got a lot of his own stuff. Um, so right, it has saved our marriage. Well, and, and you're talking about doing something um, which a colleague of mine, Terry Real, calls relational courage, <laughs> which is he, he talks about this as, you know, we you know, we're all doing the best we can with what we know. Yeah. And, you know, and, it, and it's this is multi, this is multigenerational. You know, <laughs> we you know, this this stuff comes through and somebody says, you know, we're, you know, it, it's, it's rolling downhill and they go, nope, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to face this and I'm going to change it. So it does not continue into the next generation. And Terry real calls that relational courage. Yeah. To, you know, and, and you took that step. And then as you know, as you did this, Things, things were obviously going to change within your relationships because you're becoming different. But because you had the bravery to do this, to make sure it's like, I will not do to my children what was done to me, which is frequently what gets most of us to do this work. Yeah. Your husband then went, whoa, maybe there's something here, right? And, and his, his issues, the stuff he's dealing with, different from what you're dealing with, But the fact that you both had the courage to face it and do that hard stuff, which is terribly scary for most of us. Yeah. Things are better. Things are so much better. You know, we've got we, you know, we've got we've got a way to go because there's all there's always more. There's always something. Once you start on this, you know, you, you, you don't stop really. But um I've become quite a nerd about the whole thing, really. Uh, <laughs> him not so yet, but you yeah. know, you, you, you're right. It, it, I suppose, it does take courage. I, I don't necessarily find that quite strange to say about myself, but it does take courage. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I'm the end of the line. The, the, the generational trauma for me goes through the, the, the women in the family, mm-hmm. and I'm the only. My mum was an only 
child and I'm the only daughter. Mm-hmm. So it ends with me. And, um, you know, I've, I feel very, um, I'm not quite honoured, but I feel I I feel respond. I, I I want to do this. Yeah, I want I want to do this. I want to do it for me. I want to do it for my kids. I want to do do it for future generations. Um, but it does feel a little bit, if, you know, that, that I'm I'm doing it for all the ones who came before me as well because it has to end. Right, and you know, I mean, and and again, they didn't know. They no. you know, we all do what we're taught. I mean, you know, and it's funny because, um, you know, we talk about you know, this behavior has been modeled for us and, you know, and, and we absorb it by osmosis. It's in our family. This is normal. It doesn't mean it's healthy. It just means it's normal. And when somebody says, you know, no, it's not. And I don't want it to continue into the next generation. Then, you know, that means I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the one who stands up and says, no more. And, you know, and, and it's hard. It's, you know, they're probably, you know, the, we, we don't want to go into this, you know, most of us don't want to go into the, what I call it, the muck of, of how we got to where we are. And, you know, in my, in my viewpoint, and in many of my um, colleagues' viewpoints, this is what, you know, th- this is what marriage can do, is that, you know, it brings these things to the forefront and we have the choice as okay am i going to address this stuff or am i just going to let it go yeah. um and so i i'm i'm always i'm always so honored when i talk to people who are willing to go nope 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 going to do it differently not going to pass this on yeah and and the reality is that if i don't look at it look at it now and 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 my marriage had ended i'd be taking it into another relationship mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't go away and I think we I think we can think it's something is the relationship that's wrong right I, you know or and I've done it with jobs I've left jobs because I thought the job was wrong mm-hmm. uh, but but somehow that feeling that something's not right followed me until I understood that that the feeling that there's something wrong is in me <laughs> You know, so I'm not going to outrun myself, am I? So by by stopping and looking at it, everything has improved. Right. Yeah. We're we're the one person we can't run away from because wherever we go, we take ourselves with us. And and it is it's so much easier to to look outside. It's my partner. It's my job. It's my kids. And and I know and I know that you will agree with me on this. It doesn't mean that we are bad, wrong, broken. It means that something has happened that has created damage. I mean, people don't blame other people because they have cancer or a broken leg. It's like, you know, it's no, this is something that's happened. And the question is, now that I know about it, will I do something with it? absolutely and we have you know we have one life we have one beautiful life and why and we deserve to live that life as free and as full of joy this Mm -hmm. is what I believe as we as we can do and for me I can I've only been able to get to this place by dealing with that trauma well and and the truth of the matter is I mean and I'm I'm sure you're very familiar with the book um the body keeps the score which is and I can't think of, I can never remember him, the, the guy who wrote it. Um, but, but it, 
our bodies remember this is this is the thing that people need to understand and and you know whether it's physical illness or emotional challenges um you know it 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 comes from the same place it comes from this something went haywire for whatever reason and we're now dealing with the the fallout from it and the question is are we going to look at this fallout and deal with it you know, head on and and really work through it as un, as challenging and unpleasant as that can be at times, mm. or are we just going to be passive about it and let it continue through the generation? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yes, uh, the book is um, by Bessel van der Kolk. Thank you. Way. Yeah, um, and great book. Um, and the other thing I think the important thing is that we're not going to think our way out of mm-hmm. this either. Be, you know, I, I do think society you yes. know, has, you know, much more, um, you know, idolizes intellect much more than anything else, mm-hmm. but actually all, all the trauma is stored in our, our body. We need to feel it. We need to yep. feel those emotions, release those emotions. It's not an intellectual exercise. And I, I think that can make it seem a little bit, um, uh, uh, yeah, you, you know, different. It's yeah. different. It's not the way we live our lives normally, is it? But you, you know, if, if anybody's listening to this and thinking, "Oh, yeah, you know, maybe I, I've got some things I need to look at," I, I cannot, I cannot encourage you enough to do it. You, uh-huh. you know, I, I'm pretty sure you won't regret it. Regret yeah. it. <laughs> oh, y- yes, it, it's it's the hard, it, it's the hardest, best work that anybody can ever do. So, Philippa, yeah. can you tell people where they can learn more about you? Um, how to work through this, all, all the wonderful things that you can share with people. Yes, of course. Um, thank you for asking. So I have a podcast. I started a podcast beginning of 2021. It's called Meeting of Minds. And um, in in the the first 15 episodes, are, are, I started off on a bit of a wrong tack and then I changed. But I talk <laughs> a lot about my a healing journey and the things that I learned generational trauma and the mother wound and mm-hmm. a, lo- a lot of things that I learned about that made sense to me and helped me understand my situation that I'd never ever heard of before um because I figured that if I'd got to by then I was like you know my late 40s and not heard any of this stuff mm-hmm. and understood it other people other people might be in the same situation as me and might find it so that's what I talk about in the in some of the episodes and then I just talk about my journey generally uh-huh. um so that's meeting of minds and I wrote a book I wrote my memoir last year so if any you know more of my story than I've been able to talk about here is all written in my book which is called I see me mm. um by Philippa Robinson and it's available on Amazon perfect so what I want people to understand is that trauma is real for so many of us and it has far reaching impact. And as if you heard, and as you've heard today, easy for me to say, the good news is that it can be healed. So no matter how long ago it happened or how bad it was, you can work through it and you and your relationships will be better for doing the work. So the question is, what will get you to take action. And hopefully one of the things, two of the things you'll do is one, listen to Philippa's podcast to buy her book. And the third thing that I hope that you will do is to continue listening to this show. And until next week, stay loving. <laughs>